Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 is here, and we are trying to feature Bradley in this episode. He hasn't been talking enough. We're going to try to make him talk most of this episode. So how are you feeling today, Bradley? Oh, I'll, if you want me to talk, I can talk all day long. Did you do your warm-ups, Bradley? Exactly. I did. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. The tip of the tongue. <laughs> Good. It has been a while since we really heard from you in earnest, Bradley. So I'm I'm really excited and we're going to talk about something that Bradley just absolutely loves. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. We're diving into Kernza today uh, and we're going to talk a lot about Kernza and grazing. We might have some questions on some other things because I'm pretty interested. It's getting a lot of traction right now, a lot of a lot of time in the news. So we figured it was a good topic to cover this week. And Bradley's the guy. He knows about Kernza. By no means am I an expert at Kernza, but I have worked with researchers and we've done some grazing projects with Kernza here in Morris. So I know enough to be dangerous. That's perfect. That's the perfect amount for this this show. That's what we want. We want to uh, be just danger to is be our dangerous. middle name. Danger. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's start real simple. What is Kernza and why are people excited about it? It's a perennial crop. So we talk a lot about <clears throat> winter crop cover crops and you know keeping continuous living cover on the land. So this is one of the crops that's been able to do that. Plus it's perennial. So you do not have to keep planting it every year like a lot of the other cover crops. Uh, that we see rye, wheat, triticale. So it's a perennial cover crop. And that's why it's gained a lot of traction here in, in the Midwest. Some of the other big reasons are that it has a deep root like alfalfa. So it goes way into the ground. So it can search for groundwater that's much lower typically than what per, uh, sort of annual crops are. So um, it can be a little more tolerant to drought stress and some of those environmental factors uh, as well. Yeah, I've seen pictures of, you know, the root system. Someone has carefully and meticulously pulled it out of the ground and they're standing there with it, holding it, the plants above their head and the roots are touching the ground. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fairly deep. And, you know, one of the thoughts with Kearns is to help with sort of environmental issues. So it prevents nitrogen leaching in the ground, uh, into the groundwater. So, you know, the roots can basically capture a lot of that nitrogen and help it with the plant. So that's one of the big reasons that people are using that is to help with, you know, environmental sustainability on the land. And, you know, we all obviously need to do a better job at that. And maybe Kernza is one of the crops that's, that's able to do that. So it's a, it's a grass, right, Brad? And it, I mean, it, it has, it's a wheat grass, right? It's, yeah, it's a, they would call it intermediate wheat grass is the sort of generic name. Kernza is the, the trademark name from the Land Institute that's been uh, breeding some of this. Uh, the University of Minnesota also has released a variety of, of Kernza, but intermediate wheat grass is, is what it's called. It's kind of the 
old ancestor of wheat. You, you can use it for many different things. So it's a grain crop. You can let it grow. It grows about five to six feet tall. You can harvest the grain. The seeds are really small, maybe about half the size of a, a wheat seed. And yields are, are less than what you would get with wheat today. Uh, but it's a, it's a different kind of grain crop that can be used for breads, uh, cookies. There's some stores and, and in Minneapolis that are using it for beer. So they're brewing Kernza beer. Uh, General Mills has been looking into Kernza for some of their, you know, cereals and some of their uh, grain needs. So they're very uh, into Kernza as well. So there's many different uses for it. So one of the, the interesting things with Kernza that I've seen for sure is that we have Minnesota-based companies that are really getting involved. So General Mills being one of them, there's a company called Perennial Pantry that sells Kernza flour. So there's a lot of involvement in the state already. That kind of interest and that, that being local might be of interest to some of our listeners too, the ones that are in Minnesota at least. We've talked about it being a grain crop a little bit, but what does it do on the feed side? What, what can we do with it with cattle? Well, there's a, a lot of different things that you could do on, on the cattle side. The easiest is to harvest the grain. So you, you can harvest the grain. The protein is, is very similar to wheat. The characteristics of the grain are, are very similar to those, uh, mostly wheat. However, the yields are going to be about 25% of wheat. You know, we think about 500 pounds of grain per acre is, is really what the grain is going to yield. Many of these crops nowadays, they've been bred for many years to, to get the yields that we see today. And Kernza is just starting that. So it's going to take a little bit to get Kernza to the yields where we see in, in wheat, oats, uh, and those type of grains. But grain harvest is, is one of them. And that's how we get a lot of the, the, the products that we had talked about. The other one that I've worked with uh, here in, in Morris is grazing. So grazing it as a, a cover crop. And we've been doing some spring grazing on it. We've been doing some late fall grazing. We, we've been trying to test to see if Kernza can handle grazing. The real reason why we started grazing is because Kernza yields sort of drop off after maybe the first year, second and third year, the yields go way down. So anecdotally, when we started to clip it, we saw yields increase. If you clip off in the fall, harvest it again. And so the thought is, well, why don't we use it for grazing instead of doing some mechanical harvest? So that's what we did. You know, there's a lot of lush kerns of grass in the springtime. It yields just like a perennial grass pasture. So we can get a lot of biomass out there for cattle to harvest. We grazed it in the spring and then we allowed it to grow back, harvested the grain, and you can also bale it for straw. So there's another plus is you get straw and then it starts to grow back again and you can graze it in the fall. So we've grazed it well into the fall. Late November, Thanksgiving, we were still grazing Kernza on heifers uh, practically in the snow. So you can really extend the grazing season with Kernza. I'm curious, Bradley, from both the, the grain crop perspective and the grazing perspective, how did the Kernza do in the drought? It did 
fairly well this year. Um, we had nice lush grass in the spring and we grazed it once, then we actually let it grow. It probably didn't grow as tall as what it normally did. The green yield would have been quite reduced, uh, but we, we just cut it and baled it actually and got lots of straw uh, instead of harvesting it for the grain. And it's growing back quite well now. We're late October here and we're gonna start grazing it the first part of November. And there'll be you know, a couple thousand pounds of grass per acre out there for, for cows. To be grazing in early November with milking cows is, is wonderful. So there's plenty of it. So the, the, the drought affected it, but maybe not, not mm -hmm. as much as what it did some of the other perennial pastures here at Morris. You know, I should say the, the Kernza that we have here is an old variety. It's, it's what we call C4 stage. So it's pre uh, sort of the University of Minnesota release. And there are many generations after that now. So we have an old variety of Kernza here and the newer varieties are much better at grain production and uh, grass uh, grazing now compared to the old Kernza stand that we have. Well, it seems like it's super versatile and, and being able to take a spring crop, then harvest it for grain and then take a fall crop. Honestly, it seems like it's too good to be true. So why aren't we seeing adoption? There's got to be a catch somewhere. Well, yeah, that's a big question, Joe. The, the problem is there's, there's not a big market for it yet. So farmers that are, are growing it or having a hard time with marketing the grain or trying to find a buyer to to market the grain. And so that that's a little bit of an issue right now that I know there's lots of folks here at the University of Minnesota that are trying to work on that aspect of it, but that's the main reason. And then breeding, you know, the yields just aren't there. You know, if some farmers can be really disappointed if you get a yield and you go, well, my wheat field yields, uh, you know, hundred bushels an acre, and this is 25% of that. So it can be disappointing and the farmers have to think about it a different way and look at Kernza in a different light than actually just as a annual production crop. One of the big things that always comes up with any of these grasses is can you chop it? Does it ensile well? Have you tried that? We haven't tried that. That would be a good, a good project to try. We did plant alfalfa with it to, to help provide nitrogen for the grass. And it certainly could be an interesting thing to, to do. Our Kernza stand is, oh, what is it now? Five years old. So we've had it going for a long time and it's still growing. So that's a good perennial crop that we haven't, you know, we haven't tilled the ground or anything in five years and it's still growing and, and producing lots of grass and forage. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. It was, can you, can you mix it in or does it benefit from being with other crops or should it be planted alone? A lot of people say that you should plant it alone because it doesn't compete very well uh, with, with other species. We have seen in, in some parts of the field where we planted alfalfa, the alfalfa starting to take over, but the Kernza is still there and it's competing against the alfalfa and, and doing quite well. The, the joke is that I'm trying to kill the Kernza because I'm trying to uh, plant other grasses and stuff in it and the Kernza still keeps coming back and still uh, producing lots of grass so it's hard to kill you know I'm, I'm, we're not tilling it or anything like that and it still keeps coming back so I've 
going to plant some grasses, ryegrass and clovers in it to see, see what might happen as well, just to see if the Kernza still persists. There's lots of things yet with Kernza that we don't have answers to that someday we may figure out. Well, that's good. I think it's just good to have on everybody's radar and, and make sure that they know that it's something that's uh, maybe on the horizon and could be an option in the future as we, we look at alternative crops that, that, that could help us, especially if we are getting pressure on the environmental side and there are environmental benefits. It's definitely something to keep in mind. And, and with the versatility of the crop, I think uh, it, it could be an option for both beef and dairy producers, especially if we start to figure out some of these things we don't know quite yet. One other thing I do want to mention, uh, we have to give a shout out to our extension colleague, Connie Carlson. She works with Extension's Regional Sustainable Development Partnerships, and she has been doing a lot of work uh, with Kernza and with early adopters of Kernza in different ways that they can use it. So if you are interested in checking out more of Extension's work across the state with what we're doing with Kernza, all sorts of different things, uh, you can just check us out on our website, extension.umn.edu, and just search Kernza, K-E-R-N-Z-A. Perfect. You know where to go for more information. And with that, we'll wrap this episode. If you have comments, questions, skating rebuttals, those go to the Moosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. We're on Twitter at UMN Moosroom and at UMN Farm Safety. And Bradley has an Instagram. It is at W-C-R-O-C Dairy, right? Right? No, it's it's UMN. It's UMN WCROC. Oh, okay. I don't even know what it is anymore. UMN WCROC Dairy. Perfect. All right. So we've got that straightened out. Follow Bradley on Instagram. Check out what's if going on with the cows up there. It. If you can find it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bradley, say bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Why are you such a wet blanket, Bradley? Because I can be. Hmm.